17. Say this is correct. Now, as my friend was an artist, and as I thought an amusing puzzle might be devised on the lines of his question, I asked him to make me a drawing according to some directions that I gave him, and I have pleasure in presenting his production to my readers. It will be seen that the picture shows six men and six ladies, nose, one, three, five, seven, nine, and eleven are ladies, and nose, two, four, six, eight, ten, and twelve are men. These twelve individuals represent six married couples, all strangers to one another, who, in walking aimlessly about, have got mixed up, but we are only concerned with the man that is wearing a straw hat number ten. The puzzle is to find this man's wife, examine the six ladies carefully, and see if you can determine which one of them it is. I showed the picture at the time to a few friends, and they expressed very different opinions on the matter. One said, I don't believe he would marry a girl like number seven. Another said, I am sure a nice girl like number three would not marry such a fellow. Another said, it must be number one, because she has got as far away as possible from the brute. It was suggested, again, that it must be number eleven, because he seems to be looking towards her, but a cynic retorted, for that very reason, if he is really looking at her, I should say that she is not his wife. I now leave the question in the hands of my readers, which is really number 10's wife. The illustration is of necessity considerably reduced from the large scale on which it originally appeared in the weekly dispatch 24th May 1903, but it is hoped that the details will be sufficiently clear to allow the reader to derive entertainment from its examination. In any case the solution given will enable him to follow the points with interest. Solutions 1. A post office perplexity the young lady supplied five tuppenny stamps, thirty penny stamps, and eight tuppence halfpenny stamps, which delivery exactly fulfills the conditions and represents a cost of five shillings. 2. Youthful PRECOCID. The price of the banana must have been one penny farthing. Thus, 960 bananas would cost L5, and 486 pences would buy 2.304 bananas. 3. At a cattle market. Jakes must have taken seven animals to market, Hodge must have taken eleven, and Durant must have taken twenty-one. There were thus thirty-nine animals altogether. 4. The BANFASD puzzle. The cobblers spent thirty-five S. The tailors spent also thirty-five S. The hatters spent forty-two S. And the glovers spent twenty-one S. Thus, they spent altogether L6.13 S. While it will be found that the five cobblers spent as much as four tailors. 12 tailors as much as 9 headers, and 6 headers as much as 8 glovers. 5. A queer coincidence. Puzzles of this class are generally solved in the old books by the tedious process of working backwards, but a simple general solution is as follows, if there are n players, the amount held by every player at the end will be n to n the last winner must have held m n 1 at the start, the next m to n 1, the next m 4 n 1, the next m 8 n 1, and so on to the first player who must have held M to N1 N1, thus, in this case, N7, and the amount held by every player at the end was to 7 farthings, therefore N1, and G started with 8 farthings, F with 15, U with 29, D with 57, C with 113, B with 225, and A with 449 farthings, 6. A charitable bequest. There are 7 different ways in which the money may be distributed, 5 women and 19 men, 10 women and 16 men, 15 women and 13 men, 20 women and 10 men, 25 women and 7 men, 
30 women and 4 men, and 35 women and 1 man, but the last case must not be counted, because the condition was that there should be, men, and a single man is not men, therefore the answer is 6 years, 7, the widow's legacy, the widow's share of the legacy must be L205, 2S, 60, and 1013 of a penny, 8, indiscriminate charity the gentleman must have had 3S, 60, in his pocket when he set out for home, 9, the two Aeropiolanes, the man must have paid L500 and L750 for the two machines, making together L1.250, but as he sold them for only L1.200, he lost L50 by the transaction, 10, buying presents, Jorkins had originally L19, 18s, in his pocket, and spent L9, 19s, 11, the cyclist's feast, there were 10 cyclists at the feast, they should have paid 8s, each, but, owing to the departure of two persons, the remaining 8 would pay 10s, each, 12, a queer thing in money, the answer is as follows, L44.444, 4s, 4d, 28, and, reduced to pence, area code 10666612, it is a curious little coincidence that in the answer area code 10666612, the four central figures indicate the only other answer, L66, 6s, 60, 13, a new money puzzle, the smallest sum of money, in pounds, shillings, pence, and farthings, containing all the nine digits once, and once only, is L2.567, 18s, 934 d 14, square money, the answer is 11 to d, and 3 d, added together they make 41 to d, and 11 to d, multiplied by 3 is also 41 to d, 15, pocket money, the largest possible sum is 15 s, 9 d, composed of a crown and a half crown or three half crowns, four florins, and a threepenny piece, 16, the millionaire's perplexity, the answer to this quite easy puzzle may, of course, be readily obtained by trial, deducting the largest power of seven that is contained in one million dollars, then the next largest power from the remainder, and so on, but the little problem is intended to illustrate a simple direct method. The answer is given at once by converting 1.000.000 to the septenary scale, and it is on the subject of scales of notation that I propose to write a few words for the benefit of those who have never sufficiently considered the matter. Our manner of figuring is a sort of perfected arithmetical shorthand, a system devised to enable us to manipulate numbers as rapidly and correctly as possible by means of symbols. If we write the number 2.341 to represent $2,341, we wish to imply $1, added to 4 times $10, added to 3 times $100, added to 2 times $1.000, from the number in the unit's place on the right. Every figure to the left is understood to represent a multiple of the particular power of 10 that its position indicates, while a cipher 0 must be inserted where necessary in order to prevent confusion. For if instead of 207 we wrote 27 it would be obviously misleading. We thus only require 10 figures. Because directly a number exceeds 9 we put a second figure to the left. Directly it exceeds 99 we put a third figure to the left. And so on. It will be seen that this is a purely arbitrary method. It is working in the denari or 10 scale of notation. A system undoubtedly derived from the fact that our forefathers who devised it had 10 fingers upon which they were accustomed to count like our children of today.
it is unnecessary for us ordinarily to state that we are using the denarii scale, because this is always understood in the common affairs of life. But if a man said that he had $6.553 in the septenary or seven scale of notation, you will find that this is precisely the same amount as 2.341 in our ordinary denarii scale. Instead of using powers of 10, he uses powers of 7, so that he never needs any figure higher than 6. And 6.553 really stands for 3, added to 5 times 7, added to 5 times 49, added to 6 times 343 in the ordinary notation, or 2.341, to reverse the operation, and convert 2.341 from the denarii to the septenary scale. We divide it by 7, and get 334 and remainder 3, divide 334 by 7, and get 47 and remainder 5 and so keep on dividing by 7 as long as there is anything to divide. The remainders, read backwards, 6, 5, 5, 3, give us the answer, 6.553. Now, as I have said, our puzzle may be solved at once by merely converting 1.000.000 to the septenary scale. Keep on dividing this number by 7 until there is nothing more left to divide and the remainders will be found to be 11,333,311 which is 1.000.000 expressed in the septenary scale. Therefore, one gift of $1, one gift of $7, three gifts of $49, three gifts of $343, three gifts of $2.401, three gifts of $16.807, one gift of $117.649, and one substantial gift of $823.543, satisfactorily solves our problem, and it is the only possible solution. It is thus seen that no trials are necessary, by converting to the septenary scale of notation we go direct to the answer. 17. The Puzzling Money Boxes The correct answer to this puzzle is as follows, John put into his money box two double florins 8s, William a half sovereign and a florin 12s. Charles a crown 5s, and Thomas a sovereign 20s, there are 6 coins in all, of a total value of 45s, if John had 2s, more, William 2s, less, Charles twice as much, and Thomas half as much as they really possessed, they would each have had exactly 10s, 18, the market women, the price received was in every case 105 farthings, therefore the greatest number of women is 8 as the goods could only be sold at the following rates, 105 pounds at 1 farthing, 35 at 3, 21 at 5, 15 at 7, 7 at 15, 5 at 21, 3 at 35, and 1 pound at 105 farthings, 19, the New Year's Eve suppers, the company present on the occasion must have consisted of 7 pairs, 10 single men, and 1 single lady, thus, there were 25 persons in all, and at the prices stated they would pay exactly L5 together. 20. Beef and sausages. The lady bought 48 pounds of beef at 2s, and the same quantity of sausages at 1s. 60. Thus spending L8. 8s. Had she bought 42 pounds of beef and 56 pounds of sausages she would have spent L4. 4s. On each. And had obtained 98 pounds instead of 96 pounds again in weight of 2 pounds 21. A deal in apples. I was first offered 16 apples for my shilling, which would be at the rate of 9 pence a dozen. The two extra apples gave me 18 for a shilling, which is at the rate of 8 pence a dozen. 
or one penny a dozen less than the first price asked. 22. A deal in eggs. The man must have bought 10 eggs at 5 pence, 10 eggs at 1 penny, and 80 eggs at a halfpenny. He would then have 100 eggs at a cost of 8 shillings and 4 pence, and the same number of eggs of two of the qualities. 23. The Christmas Boxes. The distribution took place, some years ago, when the fourpenny piece was in circulation. Nineteen persons must each have received nineteen pence. There are five different ways in which this sum may have been paid in silver coins. We need only use two of these ways. Thus if fourteen men each received four fourpenny pieces and one threepenny piece, and five men each received five threepenny pieces and one fourpenny piece, each man would receive nineteen pence and there would be exactly 100 coins of a total value of L1, 10s, 1D, 24, a shopping perplexity, the first purchase amounted to a 1S, 53 4D, the second to a 1S, 111 2D, and together they make 3S, 51 4D, not one of these three amounts can be paid in fewer than six current coins of the realm, 25, Chinese money, as a ching chang is worth tuppence and four fifteenths of a ching chang, the remaining 11 fifteenths of a ching chang must be worth tuppence. Therefore 11 ching changs are worth exactly 30 pence, or half a crown. Now, the exchange must be made with 7 round hold coins and 1 square hold coin. Thus it will be seen that 7 round hold coins are worth 7 elevenths of 15 ching changs, and 1 square hold coin is worth 1 eleventh of 16 ching changs that island 77 rounds equal 105 ching changs and 11 squares equal 16 ching changs. Therefore 77 rounds added to 11 squares equal 121 ching changs, or 7 rounds and 1 square equal 11 ching changs, or its equivalent, half a crown. This is more simple in practice than it looks here. 26. The Junior Clerk's Puzzle. Although Snogs's reason for wishing to take his rise at L2, 10s, half yearly did not concern our puzzle. The fact that he was duping his employer into paying him more than was intended did concern it. Many readers will be surprised to find that, although Moggs only received L350 in five years, the artful Snogs actually obtained L362. Tens, in the same time, the rest is simplicity itself. It is evident that if Moggs saved L87, tens, and Snogs L181, 5s, the latter would be saving twice as great a proportion of his salary as the former namely, one half as against one quarter and the two sums added together make L268, 15S, 27, giving change, the way to help the American tradesman out of his dilemma is this, describing the coins by the number of cents that they represent, the tradesman puts on the counter 50 and 25, the buyer puts down 100, 3, and 2, the stranger adds his 10, 10, 5, 2, and 1, now, considering that the cost of the purchase amounted to 34 cents, it is clear that out of this pooled money the tradesman has to receive 109, the buyer 71, and the stranger his 28 cents. Therefore it is obvious at a glance that the 100 piece must go to the tradesman, and it then follows that the 50 piece must go to the buyer, and then the 25 piece can only go to the stranger. Another glance will now make it clear that the two 10 cent pieces must go to the buyer, because the tradesman now only wants 9 and the stranger 3. Then it becomes obvious that the buyer must take the one cent, that the stranger must take the three cents, and the tradesman the five, two, and two. To sum up, the tradesman takes one hundred, five, two, and two, the buyer, fifty, 
10, 10, and 1, the stranger, 25 and 3. It will be seen that not one of the three persons retains any one of his own coins. 28. Defective observation. Of course the date on a penny is on the same side as Britannia the tail side. Six pennies may be laid around another penny, all flat on the table, so that every one of them touches the central one. The number of threepenny pieces that may be laid on the surface of a half crown, so that no piece lies on another or overlaps the edge of the half crown, is one. A second threepenny piece will overlap the edge of the larger coin. Few people guess fewer than three, and many persons give an absurdly high number. 29. The broken coins. If the three broken coins when perfect were worth 253 pence, and are now in their broken condition worth 240 pence, it should be obvious that 13253 of the original value has been lost, and as the same fraction of each coin has been broken away, each coin has lost 13253 of its original bulk. 30. Two questions in probabilities. In tossing with the five pennies all at the same time. It is obvious that there are 32 different ways in which the coins may fall, because the first coin may fall in either of two ways, then the second coin may also fall in either of two ways, and so on. Therefore 5 to single quote s multiplied together make 32. Now, how are these 32 ways made up? Here they are, a 5 heads 1 way b 5 tails 1 way c 4 heads and 1 tail 5 ways d 4 tails and 1 head 5 ways e 3 heads and 2 tails 10 ways f 3 tails and 2 heads 10 ways now. It will be seen that the only favorable cases are a b c and d 12 cases, the remaining 20 cases are unfavorable, because they do not give at least 4 heads or 4 tails, therefore the chances are only 12 to 20 in your favor, or which is the same thing 3 to 5. Put another way, you have only three chances out of eight. The amount that should be paid for a draw from the bag that contains three sovereigns and one shilling is 15s. 3d. Many persons will say that, as one's chances of drawing a sovereign were three out of four, one should pay three-fourths of a pound, or 15s. Overlooking the fact that one must draw at least a shilling there being no blanks. 31. Domestic economy. Without the hint that I gave. My readers would probably have been unanimous in deciding that Mr. Parkins's income must have been L1.710, but this is quite wrong. Mrs. Parkins says, we had spent a third of his yearly income in rent, etc. etc. That island in two years they had spent an amount in rent, etc. equal to a one-third of his yearly income. Note that she does not say that they had spent each year this sum, whatever it island but that during the two years that amount has been spent. The only possible answer. According to the exact reading of her words, Island therefore, that his income was L180 per annum, thus the amount spent in two years, during which his income has amounted to L360, will be L60 in rent, etc. L90 in domestic expenses, L20 in other ways, leaving the balance of L190 in the bank as stated. 32. The excursion ticket puzzle. 19 shillings and 9 pence may be paid in area code 4589086222, different ways. I do not propose to give my method of solution. Any such explanation would occupy an amount of space out of proportion to its interest or value. If I could give within reasonable limits a general solution for all money payments, I would strain a point to find room, but such a solution would be extremely complex and cumbersome, and I do not consider it worth the labor of working out. Just to give an idea of what such a solution would involve, I will merely say that I find that, dealing only with those sums of money that are multiples of threepence, 
if we only use bronze coins any sum can be paid in n one squared ways where n always represents the number of pence. If threepenny pieces are admitted, there are two n cubed fifteen n squared thirty three n one ways. Eighteen of sixpences are also used there are n twenty two n cubed one hundred fifty nine n squared four hundred fourteen n two one six two one six ways. When the sum is a multiple of sixpence, and the constant, two hundred sixteen, changes to three hundred twenty four when the money is not such a multiple. And so the formulas increase in complexity in an accelerating ratio as we go on to the other coins. I will, however, add an interesting little table of the possible ways of changing our current coins which I believe has never been given in a book before. Change may be given for a farthing in zero way, halfpenny in one way, penny in three ways, threepenny piece in sixteen ways, sixpence in sixty-six ways, shilling in four hundred two ways, florin in three point eight one eight ways, half crown in eight point seven zero nine ways. Double florin in 60.239 ways, crown in 166.651 ways, half sovereign in 6.261.622 ways, sovereign in area code 5002918338 ways. It is a little surprising to find that a sovereign may be changed in over 500 million different ways, but I have no doubt as to the correctness of my figures. 33. A puzzle in reversals. IL 14. 2 liters 23, 19s, 11d, the words, the number of pounds exceeds that of the pence, exclude such sums of money as L2, 16s, 2d, and all sums under L1, 34, the grocer and draper, the grocer was delayed half a minute and the draper 8 minutes and a half 17 times as long as the grocer, making together 9 minutes, now, the grocer took 24 minutes to weigh out the sugar, and, with the half minute delay, Spent 24 minutes 30 seconds over the task, but the draper had only to make 47 cuts to divide the roll of cloth, containing 48 yards, into yard pieces. This took him 15 minutes 40 seconds and when we add the 8 minutes and a half delay we get 24 minutes 10 seconds from which it is clear that the draper won the race by 20 seconds. The majority of solvers make 48 cuts to divide the roll into 48 pieces. 35. J.U.D.K.I.N.S. is cattle. As there were five droves with an equal number of animals in each drove, the number must be divisible by five, and as every one of the eight dealers bought the same number of animals, the number must be divisible by eight. Therefore the number must be a multiple of forty. The highest possible multiple of forty that will work will be found to be one hundred twenty, and this number could be made up in one of two ways one ox, twenty-three pigs, and ninety-six sheep, or three oxen, eight pigs, and one hundred nine sheep but the first is excluded by the statement that the animals consisted of oxen, pigs, and sheep, because a single ox is not oxen. Therefore the second grouping is the correct answer. 36. Buying apples. As there were the same number of boys as girls, it is clear that the number of children must be even, and, apart from a careful and exact reading of the question, there would be three different answers. There might be two, six, or fourteen children. In the first of these cases there are ten different ways in which the apples could be bought, but we were told there was an equal number of boys and girls, and one boy and one girl are not boys and girls, so this case has to be excluded. In the case of fourteen children, the only possible distribution is that each child receives one halfpenny apple, but we were told that each child was to receive an equal distribution of apples, and one apple is not apples, so this case has also to be excluded. 
We are therefore driven back on our third case, which exactly fits in with all the conditions. Three boys and three girls each receive one halfpenny apple and two third penny apples. The value of these three apples is one penny and one sixth, which multiplied by six makes seven pence. Consequently, the correct answer is that there were six children, three girls and three boys. 37. Buying chestnuts. In solving this little puzzle we are concerned with the exact interpretation of the words used by the buyer and seller. I will give the question again, this time adding a few words to make the matter more clear. The added words are printed in italics. A man went into a shop to buy chestnuts. He said he wanted a pennyworth, and was given five chestnuts. It is not enough, I ought to have a sixth of a chestnut more, he remarked. But if I give you one chestnut more, the shopman replied, you will have five sixths too many. Now, strange to say, they were both right. How many chestnuts should the buyer receive for half a crown? The answer is that the price was 155 chestnuts for half a crown. Divide this number by 30, and we find that the buyer was entitled to 516 chestnuts in exchange for his penny. He was, therefore, right when he said, after receiving five only, that he still wanted a sixth. And the salesman was also correct in saying that if he gave one chestnut more that island six chestnuts in all he would be giving five sixths of a chestnut in excess. 38. The Bicycle Thief. People give all sorts of absurd answers to this question. And yet it is perfectly simple if one just considers that the salesman cannot possibly have lost more than the cyclist actually stole. The latter rode away with a bicycle which cost the salesman 11 pounds. And the 10 pounds, change. He thus made off with 21 pounds, in exchange for a worthless bit of paper. This is the exact amount of the salesman's loss. And the other operations of changing the check and borrowing from a friend do not affect the question in the slightest. The loss of prospective profit on the sale of the bicycle island of course. Not direct loss of money out of pocket. 39. The Angiers puzzle. Bill must have paid 8s. Per hundred for his oranges that island 125 for tens that 8s, 4d, per hundred, he would only have received 120 oranges for tens, this exactly agrees with Bill's statement, 40, mama's age, the age of mama must have been 29 years 2 months, that of papa, 35 years, and that of the child, Tommy, 5 years 10 months, added together, these make 70 years, the father is 6 times the age of the son, and, after 23 years 4 months have elapsed, their united ages will amount to 140 years, and Tommy will be just half the age of his father. 41. Their ages. The gentleman's age must have been 54 years and that of his wife 45 years. 42. The family ages. The ages were as follows, Billy. 31 2 years, Gertrude. 13 4 year, Henrietta. 51 4 years, Charlie. 101 2 years, and Janet. 21 years. 43. Mrs. T.I.M.P.K.I.N.'s age. The age of the younger at marriage is always the same as the number of years that expire before the elder becomes twice her age. If he was three times as old at marriage, in our case it was 18 years afterwards, therefore Mrs. Timpkins was 18 years of age on the wedding day, and her husband 54. 44. A census puzzle. Miss Ada Jorkins must have been 24 and her little brother Johnny 3 years of age with 14 brothers and sisters between. There was a trap for the solver in the words, seven times older than little Johnny. Of course, seven times older is equal to eight times as old. 
it is surprising how many people hastily assume that it is the same as, seven times as old. Some of the best writers have committed this blunder. Probably many of my readers thought that the ages 241 to and 31 to were correct. 45. Mother and daughter. In four and a half years. When the daughter will be 16 years and a half and the mother 49 and a half years of age. 46. Mary and M.A.R. are made UK. Marmaduke's age must have been 29 years and two-fifths, and Mary's 19 years and three-fifths. When Marmaduke was aged 19 and three-fifths, Mary was only nine and four-fifths, so Marmaduke was at that time twice her age. 47. Rover's age. Rover's present age is 10 years and Mildred's 30 years. Five years ago their respective ages were five and twenty-five. Remember that we said, four times older than the dog, which is the same as, five times as old. See answer to number 44. 48. Concerning Tommy's age. Tommy Smart's age must have been nine years and three-fifths. Anne's age was sixteen and four-fifths. The mother's thirty-eight and two-fifths. And the father's fifty and two-fifths. Forty-nine. Next door neighbors. Mr. Jip thirty-nine. Mrs. Jip thirty-four. Julia fourteen. And Joe thirteen. Mr. Simkin forty-two. Mrs. Simkin forty. Sophie ten. And Sammy eight. Fifty. The bag of nuts. It will be found that when Herbert takes twelve, Robert and Christopher will take nine and fourteen respectively, and that they will have together taken thirty-five nuts, as thirty-five is contained in seven hundred seventy twenty-two times. We have nearly to multiply twelve, nine, and fourteen by twenty-two to discover that Herbert's share was two hundred sixty-four, Robert's one hundred ninety-eight, and Christopher's three hundred eight. Then. As the total of their ages is 171 two years or half the sum of 12, 9, and 14, their respective ages must be 6, 41 2, and 7 years, 51. How old was Mary? The age of Mary to that of N must be as 5 to 3, and as the sum of their ages was 44, Mary was 271 2 and N 161 2. One is exactly 11 years older than the other. I will now insert in brackets in the original statement the various ages specified, Mary is 271 to twice as old as N was 133 for when Mary was half as old 243 for as N will be 491 to when N is three times as old 491 to as Mary was 161 to when Mary was 161 to three times as old as N 51 to. Now, check this backwards, when Mary was three times as old as N. Mary was 161 to and and 51 to 11 years younger. Then we get 491 to for the age and will be when she is three times as old as Mary was then. When Mary was half this she was 243 for. And at that time and must have been 133 for 11 years younger. Therefore Mary is now twice as old 271 to. And and 11 years younger 161 to. 52. Queer relationships. If a man marries a woman who dies, and he then marries his deceased wife's sister and himself dies, it may be correctly said that he had previously married the sister of his widow, the youth was not the nephew of Jane Brown, because he happened to be her son, her surname was the same as that of her brother, because she had married a man of the same name as herself, 53, heard on the tube railway, the gentleman was the second lady's uncle, 54, a family party, the party consisted of two little girls and a boy, their father and mother, and their father's father and mother. 55. A mixed pedigree. Illustration, those. Blogs MW Snogs MK Blogs.
M. Henry Bloggs, Joseph Bloggs M. Jane John Elf, Mary Bloggs M. Snoggs Snoggs M. Bloggs The letter M stands for, married. It will be seen that John Snoggs can say to Joseph Bloggs, You are my father's brother-in-law. Because my father married your sister Kate, you are my brother's father-in-law. Because my brother Alfred married your daughter Mary, and you are my father-in-law's brother. Because my wife Jane was your brother Henry's daughter. 56. Wilson's Poser. If there are two men, each of whom marries the mother of the other, and there is a son of each marriage, then each of such sons will be at the same time uncle and nephew of the other. There are other ways in which the relationship may be brought about, but this is the simplest. 57. What was the time? The time must have been 9.36 p meters. A quarter of the time since noon is 2 hour 24 minutes and a half of the time till noon next day is 7 hour 12 minutes. These added together make 9 hour 36 minutes 58. A time puzzle. 26 minutes. 59. A puzzling watch. If the 65 minutes be counted on the face of the same watch, then the problem would be impossible, for the hands must coincide every 65 5 11 minutes as shown by its face. And it matters not whether it runs fast or slow, but if it is measured by true time, it gains 5.11 of a minute in 65 minutes, or 60.143 of a minute per hour. 60. The WAPSHAW's Wharf Mystery. There are 11 different times in 12 hours when the hour and minute hands of a clock are exactly one above the other. If we divide 12 hours by 11 we get 1 hour 5 minutes 27 3 11 seconds and this is the time after 12 o'clock when they are first together, and also the time that elapses between one occasion of the hands being together and the next. They are together for the second time at 2 hour 10 minutes 54 6 11 seconds twice the above time, next at 3 hour 16 minutes 21 9 11 seconds, next at 4 hour 21 minutes 49 1 11 seconds. This last is the only occasion on which the two hands are together with the second hand, just past the 49th second. This, then, is the time at which the watch must have stopped. Guy Doofby, in the opening sentence of his Across the World for a Wife, says, It was a cold, dreary winter's afternoon, and by the time the hands of the clock on my mantelpiece joined forces and stood at 